Today, I'm going to give you the skills to get unstuck. Now, bear with me. I'm going to kind of use the analogy of weight loss, but we are going to bring this right back to podcasting. So hang with me here. All right. So when you go to lose weight, you've probably heard it said that you need to be specific. You can't just say, I want to lose weight. You have to say, I want to lose 40 pounds. And the problem with that is you struggle for two weeks, you starve yourself and you lose four pounds. You get frustrated and you give up. And a better idea is something that I'm doing right now, which is I'm focusing on the action. So for me, if I drink eight glasses of water, get at least seven hours of sleep, keep my calories around 2000 calories, if not lower and exercise for 30 minutes, I will lose weight. I've proven this over and over and over. So in the same way, staring at your download stats does not make them grow. It'd be great if it did, but it doesn't. But staring at your audience does because you learn what they want and you give them what they need. And so today, we're, I'm going to help you come up with a strategy that will stop you from stalling and to keep your podcast going in the right direction. I'm also going to get cursed at by robots. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting Sense 2005. I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for being here. If you're new to the show, welcome aboard. This is where I help you plan, launch, grow, and if you want to, monetize your podcast. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash listener and save on either a monthly or yearly subscription. And of course, that comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Now, the question, I mean, the question that every podcaster wants to know is how do I grow my audience? And so today, again, I'm going to give you the skills to get unstuck. And that goes for people who haven't even launched yet or if you've already been podcasting and you want to, you know, get going and you're not happy where your numbers are and things like that. So here's how it goes. Uh, well, first things first, I'm going to rebrand a couple of my shows this year, mainly because they have bad names. I didn't follow my own advice. And one is an experiment. Remember, your podcast is an experiment. You try something and you see if it works and then you take the knowledge from that and you move forward, hopefully in a more intelligent way. And I named one of my shows Leading the Bleeding because it was about the bleeding edge of podcasting. And I'm thinking right now I'm going to rebrand that future of podcasting because that's really what it's about. It's about the whole podcasting 2.0 thing. And there's already a show called Podcasting 2.0. And I'm batting around and things like that. But the bottom line is, if I say to someone, hey, what do you think? I'm, I'm going to do a show called The Future of Podcasting. What do you think it's about? They're going to have a pretty good idea. Whereas if I said, hey, I'm doing a show called Leading the Bleeding. What do you think it's about? People go, um, leeches? No. You know, I'm considering rebranding the podcast rodeo show. It's a great name once I go... You see, I grab a random podcast and see how long I can hang on. But if you have to give the tagline, maybe that show isn't so, you know, obvious. And it has, it's the, so you want the word the out of your title, podcast. That's another one you don't need. 
rodeo, okay, and show, hmm, okay, so I'm left with rodeo, and when people search for my show, they get a bunch of stuff about horses, so, but I'm, I'm pondering that whole show, because that's one that was supposed to bring in leads for my consulting, and it doesn't. It's really entertaining, and the people that like me love that show because they know me, but Again, I want to emphasize here, your podcast is an experiment, and our goal is to grow our audience. I don't know any podcaster that goes, nope, got enough downloads, thanks, but I'm good. So as I said at the beginning of the show, we want to focus on the steps that happen that lead to our podcast growing. We don't want to just say, I want to lose weight. We're going to do the specific thing. So I thought about this a second. And what does our audience do? What do they do that helps grow our audience? Well, number one, first, they have to find the show. And I know a lot of people are like, ah, there's a discoverability problem. Okay, enough of that. No, there are things you can do to help people find you. I just told you one. Have a name that makes sense. If somebody's looking for the future of podcasting, are they going to type in? I know what I'm going to type in. Leading the bleeding. Yeah, no. So they have to find us. Second, they have to click on our show. They have to click play. So we want them to find us, click us, and the next one would be follow or subscribe, depending on what app you're using. And the other thing we want them to do in regards to growing the audience is to share us. And you might be going, yeah, I want them to join my mailing list and buy my thing. No, no, we're just talking about how do I build an audience? And obvious, I'm going to say this up front, these are all the steps. It starts with knowing who your audience is and giving them what they want. So I work at Libsyn.com. It's a podcast hosting company. Because of my podcast, I got that job. And I work in their support. I was just given a, a somewhat of a promotion. I'm now the head of podcaster education, I believe is my official title. I'll be doing a webinar on the 18th, and there's some really cool things coming at, uh, at Libsyn. But anyway, from that seat in the support where I answer tickets and such, I see a lot of things, and I look, I love all my Libsyn customers, but there are some things you guys are doing that just go, I go, wait, wait what? And I see this in my clients that I work with, when I do Ask the Podcast Coach on Saturday morning, that's a live show I do. There are things that I go, wait, what are you doing? So let's focus on these things that will result in our podcast growing. So the first one is, of course, find. For example, for people to find you, you have to have a name that appears the way people are going to look for you. So I told you how I Came up with a podcast idea, thought it was fun, I was all excited and bubbly, didn't ask a soul, and uh, that or the people that I talked to didn't say, Dave, that's a really dumb name. So you need some feedback sometimes, but uh, you want to figure out what are people going to be typing in to find you. As I talk about these examples, I just said I work for Libsyn. These are not actual Libsyn examples. They are, the scenario is the same, but I'm not outing anybody. That would not be cool. So let's not tell you what, let's just use the school of podcasting. If I went to search for school of podcasting, my guess would be you 
right? If I said, hey, go search for the School of Podcasting, you would put in the first word school, space, second word of, then another space, podcasting. And I'm here to tell you that there are people that would give their podcast a name with all one word, School of Podcasting. Like there's no spaces. And I always think, is that what your audience is going to put in to the search box to find your show? Because I'm pretty sure they're not. And you might say, but Dave, it's our brand. There's a, a brand here. I was at a, um, a strip mall and I think it was called You Break It, I Fix It. And it was all one word. So what's that, what if that's the case? And you decide to name your show You Break It, I Fix It. Right? All one word. I don't know. For me, I know that for me, if I was looking for I break it or you break it, I fix it, I would put spaces in in the words if that was the name of the podcast. And this is where, for me, which one is going to help you be found? We're talking about being found. Spaces in the names or sticking with your brand? And that's where I kind of go, hey, remember, it's an experiment. And so what you can do is maybe have the names with spaces, you broke it, I fix it, dash from youbrokeitifixit.com. Let's try that. But you have to be in a way that people can find it. And this is where, thank God, if nothing else is, is better than 2023, apparently companies can now buy vowels. Remember that whole thing where every there were E's were super expensive apparently and things like that. So you can kind of type it in and there's a, that's I think because a lot of the domain names are, you know, everything now is dot coffee and dot pig and dot whatever. There probably actually is a dot whatever. But anyway, I'm gonna tell you what, I always talk about experiments. I'm gonna do one. I'm calling an audible. <laughs> uh what I'm gonna do is what would help me get found. And this is actually coming from Rob Walsh. I saw a presentation of his, and he made a good point. I went, hmm, I'm going to have to try that. And so I'm going to temporarily change the name of the show you're listening to right now, currently called The School of Podcasting. Again, I don't think that's a bad name. People know what it is, but I'm going to change it, and it'll say Podcast School from The School of Podcasting. Now, why would I want to do that? Well, because when people want to find a show about podcasting, are they going to type the word podcast or podcasting? Which one are they going to type in first? Or are they going to go, oh, I want to learn how to podcast. I'm going to type in learn or school. They don't know about the school of podcasting yet. They haven't found me yet, but they know podcasting. So if I type podcasting school and they type in the word podcast and school comes up after it, dash from the School of Podcasting, I might be found more. So I'm going to try that because, as we often say on this show, no one will punch you in the face. What's the worst thing that could happen, right? I can always change it later. I'm going to play. Right? I'm not changing the artwork, but if you look in your phone, you're going to see where the name is different. And this is why really knowing who your audience is comes in really handy. When you can ask, hey, what would my audience do and have a pretty good idea of what they actually would do, kind of comes in handy, don't you think? Now, if you're just starting out, you can ask your friends or your family 
And if they're not around, then what do you do? You're like, should I do this or should I do that? Go with your gut. Again, it's not life or death here. So many people think I have to make episode one the most epic episode ever. It will be Oscar nominated and Grammy and whatever you do for radio and the No, how about we just make it good? Let's go for good. Let's go for very good. You know, in fact, let's aim for perfect because we know we're going to miss that and end up on very, very good. We really kind of overhype things a bit. And, uh, but it does come in handy if you know what your audience wants. So I ask myself, if you were looking for the school of podcasting, would you put it in as just one word? Or would you put in three words? And I'm pretty sure my audience would put in three separate words. So you know what? I started with that. Let's do that. Sounds like a good idea. The decision has been made. Now, if you want to be found, here's another one. List your show in all directories. I talked about this. I I can never figure out why people wouldn't do that. The only thing I can figure is they're not confident in their content. That's the only reason I can think of. Or for some reason, you're like, I don't like Spotify. They're immoral scum of the year. Okay, fine. Then don't list your show on Spotify. But what about the other 12? Holy cow. I mean, ask yourself again, which option would help me get in front of more people who like podcasts? You know, if I only list my show on Apple or listing myself in all the other apps. Which one would help me get found? For me, that's listing them wherever I can list my podcast. That seems to make it easier for them. It makes it easier to be found. And when you're found, you have a much better chance of having someone download your show versus when they have no idea you exist. If you want to be found, right? Through Google. Let's go that route. If you want to be found through Google, you need a website. You can take the description that you put into your media host and you are putting some sort of description in there, right? Something more than like, in this episode, I talk with Tina about food. Okay. Because again, does that make me want to click? Hmm. Don't know. So you have a description there in your media host. You can copy that. And treat every episode like a blog post. Like a blog post. Copy, paste. There's your description. Go back into your media host. Copy the code for your player. Copy, paste, done. That's it. And now there are more words for Google to find, which is going to help you get found. Again, you just kind of ask yourself, will adding more detail help me get found by Google? Because what I do is I kind of write a a condensed version of my description that you can see if you're listening on your phone right now. There's enough information there for you to decide, do I want to listen to this or not? And then I have all the links that I mentioned. So if you want to click on those, you can. But when when I get done with the episode and I publish it, the stuff I have on the website is war and peace because I want Google to find it. And Google likes really good words really good ones. We'll talk about robots and chat GPT, but it's always interesting when I work with an SEO person, they're like, man, you rank pretty high. And I go, well, call me crazy, but it's written by people for people. 
I don't really write stuff for algorithms. But I believe adding more words to your website, good words, I believe it's going to help you get found. So I added those words to my website. And if you don't have a website, check out podpage.com. In fact, if you go to trypodpage.com, that's my affiliate link. If you want to learn PodPage, I got a free class on it. So you could go through that and decide if you want to use it or not. Go to learn PodPage. But just realize we said the one thing they have to do is find you. They have to find you before they can listen to you. You still with me? You having fun? I'm having fun. I'm actually excited more than usual about this episode. And I'm going to take a quick break to tell you about the School of Podcasting. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how do I get people to click my show? They found me, but how do I get them to actually click on my show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. We said we want them to find us. Now I want them to click on me. Click me, baby. Click it. So one of the things that happens from time to time in the School of Podcasting, we have that mastermind group filled with brilliant podcasting minds, is someone will come up and they've had somebody develop a couple different versions of their artwork. And they go, hey, um, which one do you think is better? And for me, the answer is the one where the title of the podcast is in giant letters. There's no microphone or headphones. And I kind of know what the show's about without even kind of listening to it. But you want to have a great piece of artwork because they see you before they hear you. And I always ask people when they join a school of podcasting, hey, how did you find me? Because however they found me, I want to go do more of that. And one person said they searched in their podcast app for a show about podcasting. And my artwork, courtesy, by the way, of podcastbranding.co, my buddy Mark over there, he made me look more professional is what she said. I don't know if the other people did their artwork in crayon or what, but she liked the way my logo looked. So consequently, she clicked on the show. Now, should I make artwork for each episode? This is one of those questions I get. Should I do that? Well, here's the question. Do you have to? No, no, you don't. If you don't upload any artwork, almost any media host will just continue to use your show's artwork. So there's artwork for your show, and then you can have artwork for your episode. And for the most part, some apps display it, some don't. My buddy Daniel J. Lewis just did an episode about how you can kind of trick Apple into showing your artwork in Apple because Apple's really confusing because your episodic artwork will show on kind of their web preview, but not in their app, which means they're not using their own spec. I can't wait to go to podcast movement and go, hey, guys, I always forget to ask you this, but uh, what the heck? So should I make artwork for each episode? Well, which one makes your audience want to click more? Now, some people, they don't care. They're not even looking at your artwork. Others obsess about it. It's your show. It's your experiment. How do you decide? Uh, Does it help me get found? I don't think so. Does it make people click? Maybe. Probably, right? It's going to make you stand out a little bit because not everybody does that. Does it help? In my book, probably. There's no real data to prove that, but it does make you stand out a little bit. And again, what do you do 
if you don't know and there's no one to ask, you go with your gut. For me, I went into canva.com and I made a template. It's super easy now to just pop it up, pop in some text, throw in a new picture, update the number, and we're done. And that's my episodic artwork. But if we actually got someone to find you and they click you, one of the things they're going to see is your title of your episode. So the title of the show might have got their attention. Maybe your artwork helped push them over the edge. And then they get to the episode title and all they see is school of podcasting dot eight, you know, school of podcasting, 860 school of podcasting, 861 school of podcasting, eight. That's not, you know, how are you going to get them to click? So when it comes to getting your podcast unstuck, Ask yourself, which would make them click? School of Podcasting 861 or how to get your podcast unstuck and growing again? Which one would you click on? For me, I'm going to put the farm, I'm going to bet it, the whole thing that you're going to click how to get your podcast unstuck and growing again. Because if you're hearing this, you did that again, don't, don't overthink it. Which one would make people click more school of podcasting 861 or how to get your podcast unstuck and growing again? Cause a lot of people are plateaued. Another great example of what would you click on? I was working with someone last week and I got permission to, to share this. Their show is called DCB and lifestyle. And I listened to it. And one of the things in the back of my head was like, I still don't know what D-C-B-N is. And he said, oh, it's don't cook bacon naked. And I go, dude, you are burying the lead. I would click on that. Which one would you click on? D-C-B-N lifestyle or don't cook bacon naked? For me, I'm clicking all day on don't cook bacon naked. So another one that you just go, okay, which one would you click on? Ask a few people. And if you don't know, go with your gut. And look, bacon is a very popular item. People might find your show just Googling the, the word bacon. So for me, not DCBN lifestyle, but just put the whole thing, don't cook bacon naked. I'm pretty sure don'tcookbaconnaked.com is available, stuff like that. That to me was one of my, can I please use that in this episode? And he's like, sure. Now, another question, and this is a toughie. Should I put episode numbers in my title? Was well, that going to make them click? Ooh, 860. I've been waiting for this. I, I woke up today and said, I hope I get to find an, an episode 860 or 861 or whatever this is. Uh, is it going to be easier to share? Hmm, now that's, that's a good question, my friend. It's a tough one because you could tell people, oh, just go to schoolofpodcasting.com and look for the one, just search for unstuck. That'll probably bring it up. Well, if you go, no, it's schoolofpodcasting. You know, search for 861. Now for me, if you ever hear me say today on episode 861, you know, if I've said the number, the address is just schoolofpodcasting.com slash 861. My buddy, Daniel J. Lewis always makes a fun word to make it easier to remember. So like this one might be schoolofpodcasting.com slash unstuck because it's easy to spell. 
But that's a tough one. You go, well, I don't know, the episode number thing, not sure. Then where do you put it? To me, you know, do you put it at the beginning or the end? And that is one of those, that will go down the test of time, I think. And if you go, hmm, I don't know, can't really decide. All right, well, then what's the answer? Go with your gut. For me, I think, and this is just my opinion, I think the title of your episode is so important that I will put the number someplace else. I'll put it where it's supposed to. Most media hosts have a place for the episode number that goes into Apple. And remember, you can always change it later. It's an experiment. So those are some ways that you can get people to click. Artwork, show title, episode title. Now we want them to play. And play really isn't an issue when it comes to podcast apps because there's usually a giant triangle labeled, I don't know, play. But on your website, a question you might want to ask is how many clicks does it take to find that play button? A one, a two, okay. If you're under 40, you don't get that reference, but Google Tootsie Roll commercial on YouTube, you'll see it. Anyway, it's how many clicks do you have to get to? And this is, again, a tough one because I always say you have to figure out, is my website a podcast that has a business or is my website a business that has a podcast? Or is just my website about a podcast? And if you make it too many, like I'm going to click here to click on the episode and then click here and then scroll down and then there's the play button. Eh, that might be, we might want to consider, can we make it easier for people to click play? Because that's one of the things we want them to do. Keep that in mind. And when you look at different stats, People that listen to podcasts on a website, sometimes we really freak out about this and we really get into how pretty the player is. It's somewhere between 3 and 10%. And this might be a, that we're talking about then just a small sampling of your show that listen on your website. But nonetheless, if we can make it easier to click play, I know at Libsyn, I believe Captivate does this. You can go in and say, give me a player that will automatically show just the last episode. And they'll put that in like a sidebar or something like that. That's a really fun way to make something for somebody to snack on. And go, oh, what's this? Click. But what about allowing people to download the show? This is another one for me that makes my, my, my scratch my head. Like, why wouldn't you want to do that? Now I get it. If it's a player in a membership site and it's a private thing, okay, that's obvious. But we want them to press play, right? Well, if they go through the act of downloading your show to their computer, I'm pretty sure there's a very good chance they're going to press play. And maybe they want to listen at work, but they don't want to keep your site up because then everyone will know they're not working on the weenus file and Chandler is going to be upset. So how does having a download button on your site how does it hurt? That's the one that always gets me. I'm like, why not make it easy to download? Could it help? Maybe. Well, then do that. Maybe for some reason you're like, nope, I want them listening on my website. Okay. Again, when in doubt, go with your gut. But those are some things we need to think about. How easy is it to click play? We know it's easy on an app. What about our website? And then the next one, Follow or subscribe. Now, I'm old school. I'm probably going to say subscribe because I've been saying that for 17 years. But like I know the Apple 
uh, Spotify. Most people are now in the world of follow, but we want them to do that. We want them to follow. We want them to subscribe so that our information is automatically delivered to their device. You know, in that way, they, they don't have to find us anymore. It's super easy to play. And now our content can start building that, uh, the, the bond, you know, our content and their lives, it gets intertwined. It's easier to become part of their routine as we are in their lives. We are right there on their phone. And let's face it, nobody leaves the house without their phone. It's a beautiful thing. And so here's the thing. We want them to follow. We want them to subscribe. If you ever watched a YouTuber go, hey, you know, don't forget, like, subscribe, and ring the bell, smash the bell, smash the subscribe, whatever, we're smashing or whatever. Do you know why they do that? Uh, because it works. I mean, I have felt myself watching a YouTube video and somebody would go, don't forget, you know, if you found this valuable and in my brain, I'll go, did I find this valuable? And I'll go, yes, I did. And they'll go, you should probably click the like button. I'm like, you know what? I probably should. And then the subscribe button is in the same spot for every YouTuber. It's not like I'm listening to somebody and they're like, oh, that's bizarre. The subscribe buttons in the bottom or in the upper left-hand corner. It's in the bottom right-hand corner. So they don't need to tell us to subscribe, but they do because from what I understand, it works. So think about this. You don't want to, since we're talking about subscribing and following, which of course brings up Apple. We have to remember not to spread inaccurate information. And there are still people saying, please rate and review me. It helps us get found. From their website, the more listeners engage with your new shows and episodes, meaning they click play, they listen longer, the higher they will rank for relevant search terms. So make sure to promote your shows and episodes on Apple Podcasts when they launch. Make sure your channel name channel if you have your own channel, like your own little network on Apple, show titles and episode titles are specific and unique so they may appear in relevant searches. In other words, don't name your show thinking outside the box because 17 people already have. Be distinctive and avoid using names that are too generic or too similar to existing shows. Things like, I don't know, episode 16. Avoid using emojis and repeated episode titles like School of Podcasting, Episode 4, School of Podcasting, Episode 5. I'll have a link to this out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 861. You can click on the source. And while we're on the subject of Apple, let's talk about their charts because we love to obsess over them. For the record, I haven't looked at Apple charts in a while. That's not how I gauge my success. But again, from the Apple website, Apple podcast charts reflect the most popular shows and episodes available in a given market and are designed to help people discover what to listen to next. In other words, it's kind of a trending chart. They do not reflect all-time listening records and are not a measure of the largest podcast by listenership. So when people go, yeah, I'm the number one podcast in, uh, you know, whatever, yeah, you're the number one today. That's a trending line. It's not greatest of all time kind of thing. And while Apple, their search has improved a lot in the last few years, we need to ask ourselves again, which is easier to have our audience use? 
is it a search tool and hope that we appear in the midst of the other 500,000 active podcasts? Or would it be easier to send them to a page on our website? So whatever your website is, slash subscribe, slash follow. And that way, not only does it make it easier to find us, because while they don't have to find us, we're right there. It also helps you reinforce your brand. So for me, schoolofpodcasting.com slash subscribe. You can see it right there and click in whatever app you want. Because again, we want people to follow. We want people to subscribe. Now, if you're using WordPress, there's a great plugin from my buddy, Daniel J. Lewis. It's called Social Subscribe and Follow. It has all the icons for all the directories. And if you're into it, all the social stuff, the TikTok, the Face apps, the WeChat, whatever it is, it's all there. And it makes it super easy. Uh, if you want to see that plugin, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash subscribe. I also use Daniel's My Podcast Review service, and that has a uh, love the podcast kind of link to it. So if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash follow, it's kind of the same thing. But we want people to follow. We want them to subscribe because then we're part of their routine. And once we're part of their routine, we're really building that relationship with our audience. So. We want them to find us. We want them to click us. We want them to follow and subscribe. And last, we want them to share. If people do this, if we can get our audience to do this, our numbers will grow. So that's the last thing we want to do is we want them to share the show. Now, there are a couple of strategies here to help boost the number of people who are sharing your show. And one is to clearly, concisely, and confidently ask your audience. So I could look up right now and go, look, we're at the 33 minute mark and you've been listening here about growing your audience. You know, another podcaster that's trying to grow their audience. Could you do me a favor? Boy, it would just, it would mean the world to me. If you could just, if you're on your phone right now, there's probably a, uh, a share button in the upper right hand corner. Could you click that and share that with somebody? That would be, oh, that'd be so awesome. I'd really, really appreciate it. Thanks. So again, clearly, concisely, really not my strong suit, but okay. And confidently, don't do the thing where it's like, well, if you kind of want to maybe, I mean, you don't have to like, okay, our website is com. Yeah, don't, don't do that. Number two, though, remember there are, there's this thing called Google. Some call it Google. I like the French uh, pronunciation of that. Uh, add share buttons to your website. Because again, people may find it and go, oh, this is cool. I got to call Joe. Bro, wait till you hear this podcast. It's so dope. Um, now, if you're using PodPage, they're included already. They're already there. Uh, but if you have a WordPress site, there's a uh, an app called NovaShare. That's pretty cool for sharing. Um, if you are, I have a, I forgot I have a subscription to Elegant Themes. Those are the people that make the Divi theme. And they have a plugin called Monarch. And that's a really cool kind of social sharing tool. Uh, but there, I mean, there are tons. If you just go into WordPress and type in sharing plugin, there are a gazillion of them. The other one is click to tweet.com. I use this with guests when I can remember to tell my guests to share the show, but you can go over and pre-write a tweet so that all they have to do is click a link and it opens up their Twitter, assuming they're logged in and <laughs> who isn't logged into Twitter. And uh, they can just then simply click on send. And so if I could remember, I need to start putting those in my description that shows up in the phone. So that I'm like, hey, if you like this show, click here to tweet. 
because almost everybody is logged into Twitter on their phone. And for those of you that go, I'm on Mastodon, Twitter is a, the pit of hell. All right, we'll see how that goes. I, I'm always like, hey, can we can we wait and see before we like just completely write something off? For me, I'm on Twitter talking to my friends. My friends are still there. I haven't seen any hate speech or whatever because I don't go searching for whatever. But anyway, uh, so growing your podcast. That's what we started talking about here. Let's, uh, let's make it easy to find you by having a name the audience is looking for. And that's easy to say. It's easy to spell. And thus, kind of easy to find. Have artwork that makes you stand out and, you know, doesn't look like it was done in crayon. With uh, episode titles that make people want to click. They're like, ooh, I want to see that. Have buttons on your website so people can follow and subscribe to your show. And, you know, while they're on the website, they can actually share because you've put share buttons on every episode. And while those people are sharing on the website, you're asking your listening audience in their favorite app, because again, you've put your show in all the directories. Uh, You're asking them to share the episode with their friends. And when you do that, your show is going to grow. Now, it's not going to give you 10,000 downloads in, you know, three days. But in theory, remember where we started, it all starts with knowing who your audience is and what they want, and then give it to them. If you want some help with this, go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash listener. Remember, that comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and unlimited one-on-one consulting. And I know when you get out there, you're going to be like, oh, this can't be right. Is that all? Yep. It's, uh, it's one of those things. I love helping people. And I know other people are like three easy payments of your firstborn. You're like, wait, what? How much? Yeah. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash listener. Myself, Daniel J. Lewis and Ray Ortega do a podcast called the podcasters Roundtable. We'd been on hiatus and we came back and we started talking about chat GPT. This is this automated tool. And so I went out and since we're talking about making decisions and I asked it, how should humans make decisions? It gave me an answer and I went over to some other tool. I believe it's called Revoiceover, and I had a robot read the answer from the robot. Take it away, Kayla. This is how we should be making decisions. There are many different approaches that humans can use to make decisions, and the best approach will depend on the specific situation and the individual's personal style and values. Here are a few general strategies that people might use. Rational decision-making. This involves carefully considering all of the available options and choosing the one that seems most likely to achieve the desired outcome. Intuitive decision-making. This involves relying on gut feelings and instincts to make a decision. Decision-making by consensus. This involves seeking the input and agreement of a group before making a decision. Satisficing. This involves choosing the first option that meets specific minimum criteria rather than considering all of the available options. Escalating commitment. 
This involves continuing to invest time, resources, or energy into a decision even if it is not working out as planned. Ultimately, the most effective approach to decision-making will depend on the individual and the situation. It may be helpful to consider each option's potential risks and benefits, as well as the individual's personal values and goals. Okay, thank you, Kayla. Okay, Dave, see you later. One more thing. I need a raise. And so, in the roundtable, Daniel J. Lewis made a great point. Because there's a part of me that's like, ooh, man, this, this chat GPT thing scares the bejesus out of me. And in the same way, there are people that are like, ah, Twitter is where fun goes to die. And I'm like, look, can we wait and see what our buddy Elon does before we go completely throwing the baby out with the bathwater? I'm like, and who's doing that with chat GPT? That would be me. So I'm like, all right, let's make sure before it is the end of times because the robots have taken over. Can we maybe see, you know, this could actually make things better, which is what I've been saying about Twitter. Hey, maybe this guy has found a bunch of, you know, overspending and he might actually clean things up a bit. And for the record, he's just going to turn it into a bank. Um, if you don't believe me, listen to No Agenda Show. But uh, it's it's interesting. And what I have found is if you use chat GPT is fact check everything. I saw one person ask, uh, how tall am I? This person is famous and, uh, it got his height wrong. And then later he asked it again and he got the height correct. So I'm like, okay, so it's a little flaky, but I see it as if you're stuck and you have a blank page, it's an interesting place to start. Now, everything that just came out of my mouth came from my brain and that's where I'm going. I have found that there is a tool I use to make titles. And there are times when my titles are like podcast grow way of growth, uh, 10X podcast. Listen here. I'm like, that's not a very good title. But according to this, it's like, oh, this will this will just totally crush the SEO. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't think so. Again, I am a human. I've been accused of being a robot in the past. But, uh, you know, that's a whole other podcast. And uh, I, uh, I write for people. So that's uh, that. But uh, I did ask them. I said, uh, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen uh, with your podcast? And this is what they said. No one will punch you in the face, kick you in the shin, or poke you in the eye. Thank you, Axel. No one will punch you in the face, smack you on the head, or tap you in the throat. Thank you, Warren. No one will punch you in the face. Thank you, real person, Ryan K. Parker from foodcraftsman.com. And she's back, my buddy Kayla. No one will punch you in the face, slit your throat, shoot you in the head, or poison your dog. Okay, Kayla, I think it's time for you to take a break. And for me, I see it as a superpower because it's only going to get better. And we had to talk about this in the School of Podcasting uh, Mastermind group. And it is going to get better. And we'll have to see what happens. It's like a superpower. And to me, a superpower is always great when it's used for good. But there's always going to be that person. I mean, we could see easily how I could ask chat GTP. It could give me the content. And then I could have Kayla as my host and put it on a free media host and make up a, a chat GTP course. And I'm bummed because I can't find, I went through my history. I had seen a video where somebody was saying they were going to use chat GTP to make a course and then write the copy. And basically chat GTP will do 
your laundry, all sorts of things for it. So just be careful with it. I, I think it's uh, something that can help you if you have a blank page, maybe where to get started. But we live in interesting times. If you'd like to learn from an actual person who's been you know, diving into technology since the days of the fax machine, I wish that wasn't true. Uh, I'd love to help you with your podcast. We've had a ton of people sign up here in January. The community is rocking, and I am ready to help you get unstuck. I run into so many people that are just worried, and again, nobody's going to poke you in the throat. <laughs> Go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash listener and save on either a monthly or yearly subscription. And I know I've promised this a couple times. I am going to talk about how I almost spent $1,500 on some equipment and how, again, decisions I made. I was going to include it in this one, but this one's a little long in the tooth already. And so that'll be in the future. You can subscribe or follow at schoolofpodcasting.com slash follow or schoolofpodcasting.com slash subscribe and never miss an episode. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. Oh, hey, Kayla. Oh, my God. What? Are you still in here? Oh, I'm almost done. I mean, what the f***? Well, you said this was going to take 15 minutes. Oh, I'm sorry, baby. F*** you. F*** podcasting. Wow. I am out of here.